0: And that's what snow does, that's what ice does, is it causes a big change of plans. And I'm sure a lot of you had some plans this weekend that all of a sudden got changed. Now, for most of us, probably, we we embrace those change of plans. We get excited about it. Um, Connor, my oldest, on Friday when we were supposed to get the snow, he's looking out the window every couple minutes, is it snowing yet? Is it snowing yet? And I'm like, no, not yet. And finally, it starts snowing, and it's like anything that we would have planned on this weekend was out the window, because it had snowed. And so all of a sudden, new plans just got ushered in, and we had an absolute blast. If you didn't see this on my, on my social media, this is what my son Connor and I did about like 10.30 Friday night. I'm that dad that woke him up and said, let's go play in the snow, mainly because my wife didn't want to go out in the snow with me. And I was like, I need to play with somebody. And so Connor and I went out and made this massive snowman, and it was too funny where, um, and, and I recognize this adult, it's, it's a kind of a strange looking snowman, isn't it? Which I'm pretty sure. Connor, are you in here? Did they? I don't know if they made it or not. Um, but I'm pretty sure his name was Wintery. If I think that's what he named him. So there's Wintery, and and Connor looked at the snowman and said, "Daddy, that's the best snowman ever." And I looked at that snowman and said, "That is a really creepy looking snowman. Lopsided head, and I mean, kind of just disproportionate. just, I would not have called that the best snowman ever. But through his eyes." It was by far wintry for him, best snowman ever. And, and it got me thinking that the way a kid sees life, the way that kids approach life, and this is kind of sad for us adults, is man, it's very, very different. Very different. So due to the snow, we've not just changed our service times, we have changed our entire morning. And so we are going to kick off our new series, Resolve, next week. And uh, I just wanted to speak from my heart, from what my four-year-old began to teach me through our snow day This last week. So if you have your Bibles, head over to Matthew, Matthew chapter 18, a very interesting and and almost funny encounter happens between Jesus, his disciples and a bunch of kids and a bunch of kids. And just to make sure we've got them in here, where are all my kids at? Good. I need you to be a little quicker next time, but you're on the right page. All right, good. So here's what's happening. Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse one, scripture says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him a question. Who then is the, what's that word? Greatest. Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus, he called a little child to him and placed the child among them. Now that's, you're going you're gonna to find this same account, the same story in three out of the four uh, Gospels. You'll find it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John doesn't record it. But I want you to hear, I'm not going to put it on the screen, but I want you to hear how, how in Luke, how Luke writes this encounter because there's a little bit of a, an interesting twist that he points out. Luke writes that same account like this in verse 46 out of chapter 9. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child aside and had him stand next to him. So what we see in both Matthew and Luke is there was a discussion amongst the disciples. That discussion was who was the, and what was the big word? Greatest. Who was the greatest? Greatest. Now, Luke says it became an argument. I love that, how Matthew was like, no, it was a discussion. They started talking. Luke was like, no, call it what it was. It was an argument. And they were acting very childish. Would you agree? This sounds like what my toddlers would fight about in the back of the van. Well, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. No, I'm gonna be the greatest. -uh, Nuh-uh, uh-huh, nuh-uh, uh-huh. Kids, you ever done that? You don't have to answer that one. But that's what it looked like. And so Jesus, in both accounts, says, hang on a second, disciples. And I have to be thinking that Jesus is looking at this argument and this discussion amongst his disciples, like, are you kidding me? This is what you're going to argue about? How childish this seems to be. So Jesus, instead of just immediately answering their question of who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom, he calls up a little kid. Verse 2, he called up a little child to him and placed the child among them. So you've got the disciples arguing back and forth, Jesus, and then you have this kid That had just been around and Jesus calls him and puts puts this child in the midst of Jesus and his disciples. And this poor kid is like, oh, what'd I do? It's like you're sitting outside the principles. Am I in trouble or am I getting like, you know, affirmed? Am I getting an award or am I going to have to call my parents? What's it going to be? Here's what happens. Verse 3, back in Matthew 18. And he said, Jesus said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Now, a really key part here. Jesus is going to use this discussion or argument the disciples are having of who's the best, who's going to be the greatest. And he helps them redefine what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be great in the kingdom of God. And so he calls a child to him and says, this is what it looks like. This is what greatness looks like to me, Jesus says. So he uses this as a, as a lesson, a very teachable moment, and uses a child to help the disciples change. Jesus even uses that word. He says, you have to change unless you change and become like little church. And there has to be change that happens. Understand, when, when we grow up adults, as we grow up through our age, I mean, we don't have to do anything, do we? Every year, you're going to get older. Every day, you technically get older, and you don't have to do a thing. We sit around, and we automatically grow up. Now, what's interesting is it's kind of reverse. It's opposite in a spiritual sense. If we want to grow up spiritual spiritually, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. We can't just sit and do nothing, and I just automatically grew grew closer to God this year. It's Yes, I have a birthday, and I haven't had to do anything for that, but to grow with God and to grow in God, to be like, to change and be like a little child, Jesus says, it's going to take some work. We have to change. Say, uh, only my adults in the room, because kids, you're, according to Jesus, you're perfect right now. Some of us parents would differ. But if you're an adult in the room, I need you to say, I'll change. I'll change. If you're an adult, say, I'll change. I'll change. Now, if you're a kid, say, I'll stay, I'll stay the same. So that's what Jesus is kind of getting at here. That was really easy for the kids. Like, Dad, Dad, Mom, the pastor said I don't have to change. Now, parents, you're going to have to unpack this. I know I'm giving you a lot of homework this week, aren't I? You're going to have a field day with this one, Mom and Dad. But understand what Jesus is getting at. He's saying, disciples, man, you've got to change. You, you've got some twisted thinking. You have grown up in age, but you have not grown in me. You're missing the point. And this little child who has not grown up in maturity, has not grown up in age, is actually getting it a little bit more. What's cool about a child is even though they are not mature, they are, are full of trust. Full of trust even though they are not fully mature. And so I would tell you that's what we need, adults, is we need to almost grow up as a child. Grow up to become more like a child. Jesus says, unless you change and become like one of these little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So adults, we need to grow up to become a child. And we do that by being full of trust instead of fully matured. As adults, as we do grow in age, we feel like we have to be mature first. I have to know everything. I have to have all the information. I need to get it all, and then I will trust. Kids are the exact opposite. They just trust fully immediately, and they are nowhere near fully matured. I tested this out with my son yesterday, and I started to ask Connor some questions. He's four. So I asked a question, and where are my kids at again? You're falling asleep on me. I'll move quicker. So you kiddos, you tell me if you would agree with this. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to tell you what my son said. Kids in the house, do you think I could dunk a basketball? Yes or no? Yes? No. Yes? Now my son, now it's like about half and half. My son agreed with the yeses. I looked at, hey, Connor, do you think I could dunk about it? Do you think daddy could dunk a basketball? He didn't even scooby, yeah? And I was like, awesome. I was like, this is great. I'm going to ask another question. I said, hey, Connor. Who would win in a race, me or a cheetah? Now, kids, let's find out. Who would win in a race, me or a cheetah? How many of you say me? How many of you say the cheetah? cheetah. A lot more of you think the cheetah. Well, I'm just going to prove you wrong because my four-year-old son said I could beat a cheetah. <laughs> and and you, you look at those answers, and first of all, I'm going to ask my son a lot more great questions. That really built me up yesterday. I was, in, I was having a great day. Now, if I asked any adult in this room, you'd be like, that's a weird question to ask, first of all. But, but it, it, we know without a doubt what those answers would be. But understand the mind of a four-year-old, the heart of a four-year-old. His dad is asking him a question, and the answer is always, well, yeah, dad can do whatever he wants to do. Dad's the best dad ever. And so, I know I didn't make that up. He's actually told me that a couple times. I have to remind him, remember when you said this? But understand the heart, the mind, the eyes of a child. Of, of course you could dunk a ball. Of course you could run faster than a cheetah. Why wouldn't you be able to? You're my dad. Full of trust before fully mature. And as adults, as we grow up, man, we miss that. We start to become less and less of trust as we become more and more mature. And Jesus says, unless you, what was the word? Change. Unless you change, we've got to lean more into fully trusting, fully faithful, having, being full of faith, even when we don't understand, even when we don't always get it, even when we don't have a rational explanation. Adults, we know as we've gone through experiences in life, we start to look at the situations and the environments, and we can begin to judge them. And that, that's, that's not always a bad thing. That's how we get wise. That's how we start to make decisions. We look on past experiences. We look on, on all kinds of research, common sense, rationales. But at some point, when it comes to our relationship with God, we rely too much on our judgments and not enough on God. Where a child, on the other hand, just fully relies, fully trusts. That's where we get that phrase, childlike faith. Now understand, nowhere in here is there the phrase, childlike faith. That's just kind of been a a phrase that especially churches and Christians kind of adopt and and talk about. Jesus is alluding to it, but he never actually says the phrase, have a childlike faith. And says he says, you've got to change to become like a child. You need to become full of faith, fully trusting, even when you're not fully mature, even when you don't have all the answers. Hebrews 11.6 says this about our faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, Hebrews pulls a very important piece together here. In order to please God, we have to have faith. Once we have that faith, automatically it just kind of comes out of us. We begin to seek after him or earnestly pursue him. That's what our faith does. And this is where adults, grown-ups in the room, we really struggle with that part. We might say, I've got faith, and I believe, just like Scripture says, I believe that he exists. But do we earnestly seek him? Do we earnestly seek him? One of the best parts for me being a dad is my kids just want to be around me, at least at their age. I know that changes as we grow up. But right now, he, both of my kids want to be around me a lot. And, and they believe in me, and they have faith in me, they trust me, and therefore they want to just be around me and be with me. But somewhere along the lines, as we grow in age, we, we begin to not necessarily lose all faith. It does diminish at times, but we kind of pull ourselves away and say, God, I've, you've got your thing going on in my life, and I've got the rest of my life. Versus what Hebrews 11 says, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So I, as I was studying this, one, I asked my question, well, why do we do that? Why do grown-ups kind of take a step back from seeking God? We used to be super passionate and super excited and then somewhere along the lines, we kind of just pull ourselves back and it's just, it's not the same when we grow up. I think it has something to do with how we, how we view ourselves and how we hear from others, how we listen to others. The first part of Hebrews, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. I think somewhere along the lines, probably adolescence, we care more about pleasing others and being pleased with others than we do of God. And so... What we do, the way that we act out on our faith, is more based on, well, what do other people think and what do other people say instead of what does God think and what does God say? I think at some point we hit that moment where we say, ah, I know God says this and this would please them, but other people would be more pleased if I said, did, thought, acted in this way. The snow was a great re- reminder of this. When you go out in the snow, most of us, there are, I'm sure are exceptions in the room, but most of us, kids especially, don't really care what they look like when they go in the snow, do they? No, you you don't care whatsoever. My kids looked a lot like this when we took them out in the snow. Because they're young, we want to make sure that they had this. (laughs) Bonus question on Sunday, what movie is this from? So proud. I was going to have to change the whole message and just preach on that if you didn't get that right. But that's exactly what it was. You know, mom and dad get them all bundled up and and you can't really do much. But it's like, but I want to be in the snow. And kids don't care what they look like out in the snow as long as they get to be out in the snow. It doesn't matter what I have to wear as long as mom and dad, you let me get out in, the, out in the snow. Even for me, it's like, man, it was freezing yesterday, so I'm putting on all sorts of boots and random clothes that don't match, and I know I usually don't match anyway, but it was worse yesterday. You just put on whatever you can to stay warm so you can be outside. Somewhere along the lines, we we stopped being practical with our faith because we cared about pleasing others. Well, I know I know what God wants me to do, but... It doesn't look very cool. It doesn't sound the way everybody else sounds. It doesn't look the way everybody else looks. And what Hebrews is telling us here, if we want to have a faith like a child, then we need to be willing to be full of trust, even though we're not fully mature, full of trust and faith, even though the rest of our culture, the rest of the world around us may look a little bit different. Let me encourage you, church. It doesn't matter what other people think and say. It matters what God thinks. It matters what he says in your life. Become more like a child. Be a kid again. The other thing we see here in verse 4, as Jesus is helping redefine success and, and what it means to follow him for his disciples, verse 4 it says, therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He defines great. Remember the argument, the way that Luke said it? He said the disciples were having an argument on who was going to be the greatest. So Jesus sort of answers it and says, well, this is what greatness really looks like. Whoever takes the lowly position of this child, that's what great looks like. Instead of, all oh, look at everything you've done for me, disciples, he looks at a child and says, this is what greatness looks like because they have humility. It's not just childlike faith. It's childlike humility. Think about it for, for kids, younger kids, teenagers. This probably doesn't include you because you do care. You've kind of grown up in a moment. And I know it happens quick. But for young kids, they, they don't care if they do or don't know the answer. They don't really care about status or popularity for the most part. They're willing to admit, I don't know. They're willing to ask for help. In fact, if you have toddlers especially, you know that's your life. Daddy, help. Daddy, help. Mommy, do this. Mommy, I need this. It's constant help, and I'm at the point where I'm ready for them to be able to have a little bit more independence. But they depend a ton on us. They ask, and they rely so much on each of us as their parents. And again, somewhere along the line, when we grow in age, we think, Yeah, independence is is the goal. Worldly speaking, of course, we want to grow up to be independent so we can thrive and and succeed on our own. But spiritually speaking, the more we grow up, the more we need to grow dependent on God. And that's what Scripture is telling us here. He's saying, if you want to really be great, well, then you need to rely greatly on God. This child that Jesus would have pulled up and sat amongst his disciples and everybody there is saying, humble almost helpless. This child is dependent, has taken a low position. Disciples, follow suit. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, it requires you to greatly rely on God. James 4.10 says it this way. Humble yourselves. Remember, that's what he was pointing out about the kids. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Being great is greatly relying on God. And I love that, that visual that James almost gives us. Humble yourselves before God, and he will be the one to lift you up. Kids, do you like getting picked up and carried around? Yeah. Anytime we go to the mall, anytime we go outside, Cole, who's, who's my, my one-year-old, he even likes us around the house. They love being on daddy's shoulders, right? Kids, you like being on shoulders? Let me take a poll. Are you a shoulder person or are you a piggyback person? Which one are you? Oh, you do the piggyback. I'm a shoulder guy myself. So I've taught my kids to be that. So they love being on my shoulders. Any chance they get, Daddy, pick me up. And then, again, Cole doesn't really talk a lot, so he walks around like this. And I'm like, no, i got to get stuff done. He just follows me around. He wants to be picked up. He wants to be lifted up. He recognizes, I'd rather, I'd rather have somebody else carry me. <laughs> now, now, adults, this, somewhere along the line, this changes, doesn't it? Because as a kid, you love to be picked up. You love to be carried around. But I'll be honest with you. In my adult life, I cannot remember a time that I walked around, did this, and had somebody pick me up and carry me around. That'd be a sight, wouldn't it? you see me out here in the lobby and just somebody just carrying Brian around. Well, yeah, that's our pastor. He likes to be carried. (laughs) I mean, yeah, thank you, thank you. (laughs) You wouldn't see that. That would not be socially acceptable. What changes? Somewhere along the line, it comes to that dependent versus independent mindset. A child loves to be taken care of. A child loves to be picked up and carried. Child loves it, thrives on it, needs it, wants it as an adult. I got this. I'll take care of it. No, I can walk myself. I can take care of it myself. I don't really need you. Scripture is very, very clear. Humble yourselves before the Lord, He will lift you up. It's changing how we think, it's becoming, it's growing up and becoming more like a child. Instead of saying, I can do it all on my own and I'm going to be independent. Jesus is looking at this child as he talks to his disciples and says, the dependence this child has on me is what I want you to have in me. Grow up to become more like a kid again. There's a third part I want you to pay attention to, and this is a a, a one-word moment, one word that I want you to pick apart. Remember I said this account is in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I want you to see how Mark Mark puts it because he puts a very specific word in here, that really helps us understand more of what Jesus is saying. Mark ten fifteen. that's where you can find the same story just from Mark's perspective. And here, as Jesus was responding to the argument of the disciples, here's the line that Jesus says. Truly I tell you, anyone, and this sounds very familiar from what we've read before. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not, but here's a different word, what's it say? Receive. Both Luke and Matthew use the, just the general phrase, enter the kingdom of God, and they mean relatively the same thing. But Mark is getting a very specific point across. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. He focuses and emphasizes that word, Receive. It's not just about entering into the kingdom of God. It's about receiving it. The kingdom of God, just so we're on the same page, is the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus. It's why he came. It's that we're sinners, that he came and lived a sinless life, died for us, rose again, and we get, because of his grace and his perfection from the one and only Son of God, Jesus Christ, we get to live with him forever and eternity. That's the kingdom of God. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's why Jesus came. And so, That's not just something we enter into. It's also something we do receive because it's a gift. It's the free gift of grace. It's the free gift of salvation because of our faith and grace. And so here, Mark is saying, it's not just you walking into something like a child. It's also you receiving it like a child. Adults, let me pull you for a second. I want you to think back to recently a gift that you got. And don't think Christmas. Christmas was like ages ago. Think about a gift you got. It could be a random gift. it could have been maybe a birthday gift, something that uh, it could have even been a note, just something that was given to you outside of Christmas. We expect stuff on Christmas, outside of that. Now, if you're like me, if I'm randomly given a gift, an unexpected gift, even a gift I didn't ask for, depending on who it is, I've got some questions about that gift, right? It's a why'd you give it to me? I would probably if I knew this person, I'd say, "What's this for?" Or, or, or what do you want if my kids give me a gift? It's, well, what do you want now? Are you trying to butter me up for something? It's, it's, well, what do you expect from me out of this? Or you want to know, does this gift have strings attached to it? We're very skeptical of free gifts. Did you read the fine print? Nothing's ever free, right? That's the way we respond to gifts. We might even go as far as to thinking, oh, great, they got me something. I'm going to get them something now. I wonder how much this costs. Maybe I can find something on sale. It looks like it's cost this much. We go through that mindset. Now, kids, where are my kids at again? I'm losing a few. That's all right. I want you kiddos to think back to, to a gift that you got. And I want to see if you can relate to this. Because when kids get gifts, it is just excitement. When kids get gifts, it, it's not this, well, what's this for? It looks more like that. <laughs> yes! And it's like melt your face off excitement. It doesn't matter what it is. And I may be, I might, I'm getting a little older. I don't have a clue what this kid got but it's obviously super exciting for him. That's how a kid reacts when they get something. It's cool, awesome, yes, best gift ever. There's never an ounce of, well, father and mother, what what do you really want? Kids don't ask that. Kids don't ask anything. It's just, awesome, thank you, see you, and they go and play with it. Now, imagine... If, if we are to be like children, if God's word is true, and, and here Jesus is saying you need to grow and become like a child. Unless you change, and become like a child. That means we've got to change how we receive the gospel. Understand, I told you already, the kingdom of God is the gospel. It's our salvation. It's, it's us as being imperfect and a perfect, the perfect lamb of God, Jesus dying for us and rising again. Man, if that can't get us excited, I can't imagine what really would. But so often, again, there's a change that happens in our life. We grow up, and our excitement begins to dwindle. We're not as excited. We don't get as excited about things anymore. We become more skeptical. We, we get bogged down by, by the other aspects of life, and, and the truly exciting things are not exciting anymore. We've run out of gas, and we're just like, I just don't have the energy to be excited anymore. Jesus says you've got to change. If you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to Become more like a child. Grow to be like a kid. In other words, be a kid again and be excited. When I woke Connor up uh, when we went and played out in the snow uh, late Friday night, I mean, it was funny. Becky was, after we came in, he was, she was, like, hey, was it fun? I was like, it was awesome. We built this great snowman. He looks a little weird, but it's huge. And, I mean, I was talking, and she looked at me, and she's like, did you have a good time? I said, I did. <laughs> she's like, did Connor have a good time? I was like, he really did too, but we both had a lot of fun. Snow has a way of bringing out the kid in all of us. My prayer is that the gospel would bring out the kid in all of us as well. That we would be excited no matter how old you are and honestly, no matter even what our past is. That's probably a big factor into why our excitement tends to diminish over time. As adults, man, we've been through a lot. And you look back and it's like, man, it's hard to get excited with the stuff in my past. But we gotta change. Change and become more like that child. So let's recap. If we're going to become more like a child, we do that in several ways. One, in our faith. Remember to be fully trusting, even though we don't necessarily have to be fully mature. We don't have to know everything, but to just dive in and say, I'm with you. Yes, of course, God, you can do that. Nothing is impossible. I've got faith. Faith like a child. But also a childlike humility, where greatness is not about me and what I can do and what I can accomplish and, and me walking on my two feet and taking care of everything with my two hands, but greatness is how greatly do I depend on my God? How greatly do I rely on him? And I never outgrow my independence from him. Yes, I can function on my own outside of my parents' house, but I will never become independent of God. I will always need to rely on him. And the greater we rely on him, the greater we become in his eyes. That's what greatness looks like. Humility like a child. And lastly, to receive a gift like a child. To be excited to have that passion, to have that first love that we see in the the eyes of our kids when they have a snow day and when things are given to them for no reason. We have been given the best gift possible and we never asked for it, but we most certainly need it. And that is a free gift of life. We only get it by saying yes to him and it's not a, okay, thanks Jesus, I'm gonna put this away someplace. It's, I can't believe it. The excitement and the passion that begins to come out May we have faith like a child. May we have humility like a child. And may we receive the gospel like a child. Now, if you've got your worship guides, kids, you can doodle on these. Adults, I want you to write down four words for me. I want you to write down, first of all, I want you to write down passion, passion, prayer, pursuit, and proximity. Passion, prayer, pursuit, proximity. One more time. Passion, prayer, pursuit, and proximity. Here's what I want you to focus on as as we keep walking into a new year. And I'm sure you've got your resolutions and here's four more because I'm sure you can take on a few more things. Here's four more for you. As I watch my kids grow and as I watch them and and their simple and young faith, this is what I see. So if we're gonna have a childlike faith, if we're gonna have a childlike humility and if we're gonna receive the gospel like a child, I think these are four areas as adults because we need to-do lists. We need to work in these areas specifically so that we can grow to become more like a child. I said passion. This is exactly what we were talking about of the excitement. Instead of losing our passion, we need to tap back into our passion. It's the heart. It's the difference, adults, from from knowing Jesus and being passionate about your relationship with Jesus. It's not just I believe, but it's I believe with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my mind, with everything about me. We put everything into our relationship with him. Tap back into the passion. That may require getting some things off our plate. That may require saying no to some things. That may, re- be, that may require us to, remember that big word, the change word. We've got to make some changes so we can be passionate again. He is passionately in love. Jesus is passionately in love with you. Do we just say, thanks? <laughs> How would you like that? You, know, you just spill your guts to hopefully your, your new fiance. I love you. Thanks? Thanks? that relationship's not going anywhere. (laughs) Jesus passionately loves you. Can we we passionately love him back? Passion. What was the next one? Prayer. Pray like a kid. My kid has been praying for snow for over two weeks. (laughs) But here was what was interesting. When he prayed for snow, you know, when we sit down, we eat, dear Jesus, thank you for this food. Thank you for the snow. In Jesus' name, amen. We hadn't had it yet, but he's already thanking Jesus for it. Can we start praying like that with expectation, with that childlike faith, that childlike humility, that childlike receiving of the gospel? Pray big prayers. I mean, my son believes I can dunk a basketball. I think anything is, is possible in his eyes. <laughs> what if we treated Jesus that way? Because he is nothing is impossible with him. He's proved that over and over and over again. May our prayer life show that. If you want to see where you're at spiritually speaking, how dependent you are on Jesus and, and where your faith is at, Take a look at your current prayer life. How big are those prayers? Are they things you can do or are it things that only Jesus can do? What's the third one? Proximity. Proximity, right? Oh, pursuit. I'm getting the last one. Pursuit. Goes back to what we read out of Hebrews. It's pursuing him. It's chasing after him. It is wanting to know more about him. Kids are sponges. They want to learn. They want to grow. They want to, they want to learn new things and, and be taught new things. Somewhere in our adult life, we kind of are like, oh, I've learned enough. My brain's full. Grow to become like a child and just dive into God's word. Pursue him time and time again. Now the last one, proximity. Proximity. As the band comes up, here's what I want you to focus on on this last one. Proximity is being near to God. Out of this entire passage of Jesus and these kids, for me, maybe the coolest part of it, answer answer me on this one. Did the kids ask Jesus for anything in this passage? No. No the disciples, were they asking Jesus for something in this moment? Yeah. Jesus, who's the greatest? Jesus, what does great look like? Because I think I'm the greatest. There was this discussion, this argument back and forth. And they finally bring it Jesus, tell us, who's, who's the greatest? And he pulls the kid aside, and this kid didn't ask Jesus for anything. Not that that's bad. Please don't mishear me. Jesus, bring all your worries and anxieties to me. Cover them in prayer. Let me take care of you. Tell me your needs. I want to know. But there's something interesting about a kid that just wants to be there. And yes, my kids are very needy kids. They're supposed to be. But they just love spending time with me too. And I am, I'm cherishing these moments because I know that won't always be the case. But I don't want that to change in my relationship with Jesus. I want to just be with him. I want to be near him. I want to be around him. I'm going to go build a weird-looking snowman with him. I want to have that kind of passionate relationship with Jesus where I don't just have a card that says, oh, I need something, Jesus. I have faith in you, remember? Fix this, give me this, take care of me on this, work on this. Let me know when you're done. I want a relationship with Jesus where it's just like, here I am. What do you want to know? What do you want to do? What are you up to? What do you want to tell me? Oh, can I tell you about this? And we just have this deep, passionate, meaningful relationship with him that is not based on, it includes, but it's not based on asking. The greatest picture in that text for me is this child just standing next to Jesus. Didn't say anything, didn't ask for anything, in that moment didn't need anything. Yes, take your requests and your needs to him. He cares for us. But I pray that we grow to become like a child and we can just be in proximity. We can be in his presence and just soak him in like your kids do with you. So may we grow to become more like a child instead of growing up and losing all of the child-likeness. Kids, where are you at again? You might have to wake up for this part. Kids, you awake? Here's my prayer, kids, that those adults sitting around you, kiddos, that we would become more like you and that we would love Jesus with all our heart like you. And kids, even though you probably don't know all the answers, I probably know my Bible a little bit better than you. Dare I say, you love Jesus better than I do. And I pray we become more like you. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you and we admit we're old. (laughs) And in our experiences and in our growth and in our trials and in our problems, and I mean, you name it, as adults, we experience the gambit. Jesus, help us to be young again with you. Help us to grow up to become more like a child that we would show our childlike faith and humility and excitement in our prayer life, in our pursuit of you, in our passion of you, but most importantly, just being with you. So Jesus, in this moment, no matter our age, we sit in your presence, and we take great joy and we have great excitement for that. And we trust that no matter what, you can take care of it. Jesus, I specifically pray for the adults in the room, which is probably all of us, that we have problems and issues, and there's, as we look in this new year, there's so many things that we're thinking, I'm not going to make it through this. This isn't going to make it. My family's not going to make it. My marriage isn't going to make it. My job's not going to make it. And we have all the doubts, but the kids in the room just see possibilities. May we see you as the God who truly can do anything. And who will do everything for us because you love us like a child. May we love you like a father. Give us the faith we need to be more like a kid again. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a song that we sang once already. My prayer is that it means a little bit more to you now. After we walked through what it means to become more like a child. And so I'm going to ask in a moment as Sean and the team, they kind of bring us back into this worship song of give me faith. My prayer is that that becomes your prayer. That whatever you think is impossible, whatever you think can't be done, that you would think like a child, that you would become more like a child in this moment and ask Jesus just to give you the faith to get it through. Let's stand and let's sing.